a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. ASL's Live Mike. Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. From the very beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, we have been warned about hospitalization rates that we will truly descend into the uncontrollable if our capacity to treat those suffering from this virus uh, is maxed out. If all the beds are used up, if all of the medical equipment needed to care for them is occupied, if all of the caregivers themselves uh, are, are maxed out and uh, otherwise engaged in treatment for others, if we exceed our capacity, then we are in real trouble. And we have seen, that. luckily we've been able to avoid that uh, for the most part here in the United States. We've heard some horror stories out of New York City. We've had even some of those nurses who saw firsthand some of the challenges when hospital capacity is challenged. We've had them on these program, on this very program and, and heard some heartbreaking stories. Uh, well, today, as you well know, 911 is the new number. 911. And with the spike in cases in Utah County, uh, 40% Forty percent is the the percentage of uh, cases that Utah County is contributing to the overall number. Uh, it, it's it begs the question, uh, especially when the the uptick is made up in large part uh, of individuals age fifteen to twenty four. Uh, this is kind of a new category, a new area of 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 spread. And so, a uh, natural question, when would we see a spike in hospitalizations, if at all? We learn that, uh, that young people uh, are impacted, uh, as are more older individuals. And young people are typically healthier, carry with them fewer comorbidities. Uh, will this, will 911, uh, with a healthy, healthy, <laughs> with a significant percentage of that number being made up of young people, will we see uh, an increase in hospitalizations? Well, uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, he says that hospitalizations and death will inevitably follow uh, some people in that age range of 15 to 24 they could be hospitalized uh, but this morning intermountain healthcare infectious disease physician any eddie stenium uh, who will join us later on in the program to talk at greater length about this. He talked about how, while yes, some in this younger age group could be hospitalized, he talks about how they really expect a spike in the older range once the virus is transmitted beyond. You really then have to think about the transmission of the virus, right? And so you've got the 15 to 24 year olds spiking right now. Um, they're now likely transmitting the virus um, to you know, older folks, whether it be you know, parents, community members, or grandparents. Then you think about the incubation period for them. And so that's, again, five to seven days on average, but out to 14. Then those people have to get sick and get sick enough to warrant hospitalization, which is typically seven days after coming down with symptoms. And so, you know, I would anticipate that if we're going to see an increase in hospitalizations, that it's probably going to come in, you know, two to three weeks um, from now, which allows time for transmission incubation period, symptom onset, get severe enough ill, and then you're coming into the hospital. 
to help us understand better hospital capacity and how hospitals are faring right now and what they're looking into the future uh, in terms of their own planning and allocation of resources. Uh, joining us now is former lieutenant governor for the state of Utah and current president of the Utah Hospital Association, Greg Bell. Mr. B- Bell, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Lee. This morning, you uh, you woke up. We knew that yesterday was a tough day. 747 new cases yesterday. Today, the new high water mark, 911. As president of the Utah Hospital Association, uh, what what where does your mind immediately go when hearing that number? Well, it's, it's of great concern. We knew that there were two big hurdles, right? We knew that going back to school, going back to college, um, a little cooler weather, which we haven't had yet, you know, it's going to force us all indoors. So so we knew late September, early October is going to be a challenging time. We also know that um, while flu season started, it really gets going, um, you know, October-ish as the cold weather sets in. And so, you know, pneumonia, flu, those kinds of things we worry about. So, yeah, we, we have two hurdles to uh, jump. We knew that in advance. These numbers um, kind of rock your, you know, rock you a bit. Um, I mean, that's higher than ever. Um, just for perspective, we, <clears throat> in April, you know, when we really started uh, tracking hospitalizations, uh, we, we were about 12% of our ICU capacity was occupied by COVID cases statewide and and um, that ratcheted up at maximum to 23 percent in um, about the 20th of July so that was the peak in cases right. um, you know that mid-July time frame and then it just kind of chipped down until it uh, has hovered around 10 11 percent in the last um or four weeks. So uh, the University of Utah got nervous a time or two where they were maxing their typical ICU capacity. Most hospitals expanded ICU capacity. We just didn't really ever lock up, Lee. We we did really well. Um, And frankly, that's because of the masking, I think, the masking, social distancing Compliance we saw in Salt Lake County, Davis County, Weaver County, to some degree Utah County. Summer County was excellent as well, but but uh, masking really uh, tamped this thing down. Uh, July, August, and now we've got this outbreak based on social factors, apparently. I don't mean to force us into doom and gloom and worst case scenario, but let's say we uh, here as Utahns, we totally disregard the guidance. We totally disregard all the safety measures that we've been advised to uh, to implement in our lives. Uh, what does worst case scenario look like for the hospital system? Well, we, I mean, you know, it would take a while to get there. It would take a lot of serious cases. Um and, and as uh, Dr. Stanham said, and I think you're having him this afternoon, um, you know, apparently these are much younger. It's in the, you know, 15 to 24-year-old category. Uh, they tend to be stronger, healthier. Um, some of them don't even know they have it. Some symptoms will be very light. So we expect a, 
a smaller proportion of them to go to the hospital. Um, but there are other cases besides them, and we have to be aware of that. So, you know, if that and flu and serious um, pneumonia cases come, yeah, we could get in, in trouble. And, and when we're in trouble, uh, what, what are we able to do from then? Are we uh, lining up beds in convention centers or what what, uh, what happens then? And, and here's the reason I ask this question. It's not to uh, sensationalize anything, but we are seeing something today that we have not before seen. And we, uh, you know, until just a few uh, weeks ago, we were headed in a good direction. We were uh, we were uh, on a path uh, that was, you know, lower in the numbers day in and day out. September 1, our rolling day 7 average was under 400, and yet we are going in the opposite direction now. And I don't know if that's complacency or if we're just getting tired of this whole thing, uh, but that's not an option. And so we have to know what we're facing uh, if we get too lax on this. Yeah. Well, two things. Um, great question. Two things. Number one, people react to uh, realities as they did in in uh, late June and early July, and they started masking. It was hard. It was hard for a lot of people. Some people won't. Some people don't want to. But most people did. I mean, the voluntary compliance rate was pretty high, you know, like around 75 80%. And maybe we're getting lax, but you see more and more stores, more and more restaurants requiring it. It's also kind of a social uh, norm now, and companies are requiring it. So I think people will react intelligently and, and say, wow, you know, I mean, I read the head of the CDC said, I, I think a mask is more protection than the vaccine because I can protect myself almost 100% with a mask. Now, if people don't do the right thing and if, if we can't tamp this spike down and if the kids continue to ignore this, um, particularly in Utah County where they have, you know, almost 100,000 students, then... Um, First of all, we have our typical ICU capacity and our hospital capacity. You need to understand that fewer people are going to the ICU now. They're going just to the main uh, hospital beds or medical surgical units because we know how to handle this better. We don't go to ventilators. We've got different medications, protocols. So, so you know, we're, we're treating it in a less invasive way now. And then if we get to the ICUs and we start filling those up. We have excess ICU capacity that we've built. Now, there's there's a finite lid on that, as you point out, and that's not just the number of beds. That's more really the number of trained professionals who uh, aren't working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, I mean, we only have so many of these very skilled teams and their teams. It's pulmonary techs, it's nurses, it's doctors, it's a, an entire set of professionals. And there are only so many of those. We've, we've made arrangements for excess capacity to bring people in. But yeah, I mean, every, every system has its uh, limits and its breaking point. Uh, Greg Bell, president of the Utah Hospital Association. Thank you for your insight here. Uh, best of luck to you. I, I ask you all those questions just to know, uh, you know, why it's so important that we adhere to the advice that we're getting from experts and from yourself included. Uh, best of luck to you today. Uh, we'll be touching base with you in the future, I'm sure.
Thanks, Lee. Good to hear from you. Likewise. A quick break. We're going to get some news. When we return, we'll be joined by the Commissioner of Higher Education here in the state of Utah. What is that office empowered to do? UVU, that's a state school. Could they send kids home, compel online learning exclusively? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.